Hello and welcome to this new CM Medical series, the Digital Health Digest. I'm today's host, James Moore, and my focus here at CM Medical is the digital health market, with a special interest in industry innovators who are revolutionizing healthcare through digital solutions to make healthcare more accessible for all. In today's episode, I speak with Seb Poole, co-founder at Frankie Health, about their platform and the issue of mental health specifically in the workplace, and why it is such a problem in today's society where work-life balance is promoted more than ever. Whether you're interested in mental health tech or are eager to hear from an esteemed leader in the space, then be sure to have a listen. Here it is and hope you enjoy. Hi Seb, how's it going? Great to have you on, on the podcast. Um, how's everything in, in, in Berlin today? James, always a pleasure. Berlin is great. Beautiful summer here at the moment. So I'm enjoying the couple of weeks from what I hear of warm weather in Berlin. From your side, it'd be really useful to, to maybe introduce yourself and, and kind of how this has come about. Um, so Seb Paul, I'm the founder of, uh, co-founder of Frankie Health. Uh, Frankie Health is focused on building personalised mental health uh, support for people in the workplace on a global scale. We take in data sets from all your key tools in the workplace, so Slack, Microsoft Teams, HR systems, wearable devices, and we are able to combine that data with mental health data in there so that we can help educate people on what affects their mental health in the workplace and help them really approach the workplace in a, in a more healthy manner. Uh, on top of that, that's the prediction side of things, and we help you understand yourself. We have a network of a thousand plus practitioners across the globe, coaches and therapists, 350 modalities, over 40 languages. Uh, so we really try to you know, offer something for everyone. Great content. We've got some fantastic content partnering up with guys, for example, Pucker Up in Melbourne and Melbourne University crew. Uh, so some really good clinical studies and clinical courses coming out on that one. Um, it really uh, is a personalized one-stop suite for uh, individuals that takes in that machine learning aspect uh, and helps them really find that personalized support, anonymous, secure to themselves. But I guess the question of how I got into mental health, um, my background is initially in more of the software development field. Started in there and moved it in, ended up studying law in university and it was in finance for a while. So kind of been across a few different industries, but ended up back into you know, my love and passion, which is building building products and solutions that the world loves. So I spent uh, a bit of time in that field with a few different businesses and ended up in Hong Kong uh, in the mid-2010s and started uh, jumped on board with a, with a great startup over there called Grana and, uh, and helped kind of build out that and scale that across China, Australia and, and the US. We were focused on fast fashion over there, um, but with the quality product coming through, a direct consumer outlet, had some success in raising through Alibaba and some fantastic VCs and uh, ended up uh, working very closely to, to kind of build that across. Jumped off and saw an opportunity. And uh, I mean, fashion's a fantastic space. have a lot of passion for the, the, the spot uh, at the period of time, but was looking to move more into something, I guess, that we're seeing pretty common at the moment. A lot of people are wanting to, to move into an area that probably speaks a little more to their value system and what they're interested in. And for me... Um, I have a very core focus on, I guess, social causes uh, that have uh, an opportunity for innovation and moving, you know, through into the future as well. And I think we're seeing a number of really great businesses coming out in that more social impact space. So for me, that's where I wanted to move into. And in Hong Kong happens to be the global hub for, um, for, for device refurbishing. So most devices across the world that are traded in uh, through a telco or a telecommunication provider will end up in Hong Kong and traded across to, to Shenzhen for refurbishing. 
and then back into Hong Kong and distributed out to the world in uh, secondary markets or back through major telco provider channels back to market. So we ended up building a startup and saw an opportunity in that space to build a startup that helped uh, connect those refurbishers uh, with with uh, the global crowd from a B2C angle and also help facilitate the trading from a B2B angle, uh, which was great. Um, so I had some, had some fun building that for a couple of years and we had the opportunity to sell it off in 2020. And uh, that was the start of the pandemic. So it was an opportune time to, to move on, but then it was an opportune time to really sit back and, and see what was going to emerge from the pandemic and how it was going to affect society. Mental health was, you know, working towards, um, and it's always been a really, I guess, important part of my life. I grew up in a, in a family that was very pro-mental health and sort of essentially therapy and talk-based therapy in particular. Um, there's some interesting studies out there that, that go to show that uh, controversially, it's not always the, the, the seniority of the therapist that's going to result in the greatest success of therapy or of an outcome uh, through talking to a therapist. It's the therapeutic alliance um, and the actual process of just talking itself. So I grew up in a family that was very open about talking about their mental health, about their trials and tribulations, and what you may be going through at a time. My mum was fantastic in really facilitating conversations there. So uh, in essence, grew up with a family of therapists, you know, talk-based therapy of going around. So it was very pro mental health uh, going through. And I had my toolkit that I personally had developed over time. I think uh, from an individual perspective, when you enter into the workforce and that of the startup field, there is, and tech in general, there is a lot of pressures. And you know, if you're building your own business and you've raised capital and so forth, or you're dealing with whatever pressure may be, um, and it doesn't just stop it at, I guess, the, the startup founder level, you can fall into the, the trenches of burnout pretty quickly. Um, you can find yourself, you know, there's a lot of stresses. And if you, if you let those pile up over time, then I mean, that's, that's essentially the burnout, uh, the definition of burnout is that emotional exhaustion over a period of time that leads to that burnout. Then it's very easy to, to not notice it until it knocks on your door and you're exhausted um, and you need to take some time away. And for too long throughout my 20s and throughout you know the beginning of a, a few ventures, I would find myself doubling down every time I was stressed and exhausted. Um, and Inevitably, you know, every four to six months, I would find myself at a state of burnout where I'd need to go take a you know, two-week holiday, whatever I would need to reset, come back and just do it all again. And exiting from the last startup, I, I personally wanted to, to, to find a way that I could and help others approach work in a way that was going to be a lot more healthy. So what could we do and notice those patterns earlier so that you can intervene and then you can find the right outlets to help you build a more sustainable way about going at life. And we're not talking just work, but work life in general. Because if you're stressed at work, you're burnt out at work, that's naturally going to have flow on effects into the rest of your personal life as well. My wife is, is testament to that. That was a combination of, of that piece. And, you know, I think, uh, in Australia in general, that was my personal experience. But then outside of that, I, suicide is, is the leading cause of death for men under the age of 48 in Australia, where I grew up in, in Melbourne. And um, I mean, I, I very much experienced, you know, that statistic. There were a number of friends from school that committed suicide after we graduated, uh, which kind of shocked, you know, the community. And then my stepbrother also committed suicide um, in my mid-20s before, before Frankie. So there was a number of touch points that I saw all these struggles that people were going through and it's 
the thing with mental health is it's a very personalized journey, but it's also incredibly broad. And we do need to find a way to be able to care for people across the realm. So that was the personal experience. Yeah. And then finally, the third key point of, of why Frankie came into existence was building a company in Hong Kong and managing, you know, 120 plus staff that were sitting over there. That well-being movement was really key to kind of keeping the experts and everyone else engaged. But you know, someone that was in their mid-20s managing you know, a large amount of people, I found it myself interesting of how do I support these people that are going through their own emotional problems and bring that into the workplace and, you know, they're relying upon the business for supporting their visa or whatever it may be and they're struggling to kind of fit in or, or get moving. And that in itself was, was an interesting journey. We brought in an EAP and some different wellbeing movements, but, you know, you could very much see that there was a, a need for something that was personalised and supportive. So it's kind of those three points that were the culmination on my end that, led to, to the, the fascination and the desire to get into the mental health space. And my co-founder comes from practitioner side and family practitioners and his own personal mental health journey. So the combination of those two is how Frankie really came into existence at the end of 2020. Yeah, no, no, it's really interesting and appreciate you share, sharing, obviously your personal and, and professional story. I think people in this space more so than ever all always have a very personal story of, of of why they're doing it in the mental health space. I think running a business is one thing, but doing it in the space where you're dealing with people's behaviors and mental health has a certain, I suppose, different air to it of, of being mission led. Um, you know, that comes first and then the, the kind of business follows on. And as you mentioned, they're going through, you know, coming out of, of studying or wherever you did working in numerous, I suppose, successful commercial functions was the mental health side of things always something that that you had considered working alongside or you know coming at the start of the pandemic was that when you saw the ramp up for the need for more accessibility and as well yourself being you know on the software side connecting those two together yeah very much i think it was uh, my wife was looking for therapy uh, through covid as well and i mean there's so many pain points along the process of finding someone that's going to be able to support you I think society at that period of time was really becoming more um, enlightened to the fact that mental health is something that we can talk about and we can start exploring solutions that are sitting out there as well. So for me, it was it was very much, this is a concept that needs to be distributed to the masses and through software and great products, that's a way that we can do it. And the workplace in particular, with the amount of change that we were seeing, dynamic shifts of working remotely, working purely from home, hybrid workforces and so forth as well. It was very interesting to, to build a solution in that space and felt like a great challenge to go upon. Yeah, and, and on that one space, which I've spoken to maybe a lot of peers about, but also general scene in the market with working with the companies in America in the workplace is the transition of, you know, young professionals in the space maybe struggling with them, them, them the most. It's such a life-changing thing from maybe one month being at university, you know, living with your friends to then going into a high pressured working system with people working for, you know, the big felt for accountancy companies, you know, from going, it's, it's such a, a, a sudden status in your life from, you know, university, which, you know, is probably the most free flowing air of your life to then working in intense hours, feeling the pressure. So I'm wondering from Frankie health side, if that's where you guys see, a lot of your target audience where you can do the, the, the most health? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's definitely part of the crowd. And the younger audience these days are, are fantastic at vocalising their needs and, I guess, pushing the boundaries further. 
in terms of what society has traditionally been happy talking with and open about talking. So that crowd is, is fantastic and moving through. And for us, it's very important because Frankie has focused on, I mean, we're very much, uh, we support companies that work remote and, you know, in shop as well. Um, and the younger audiences we're seeing are becoming you know, more, I guess, interested in a hybrid or remote working approach, which very much supports where we're looking for, more engaged with, uh, with the tools in the organization, which you can collect some interesting feedback and get to understand yourself a little more. But we do find, you know, with Frankie and the mental health field in general, that uh, a lot of those that are interested in support and very interested in exploring themselves further can be an older crowd at the same time. Um, and those that, you know, are becoming more enlightened into what they're interested in exploring and understanding themselves better. So it can be the younger crowd, but I definitely would say that it's, it's not very much not age-specific in the mental health field and what we're looking at. Yeah, no, no, definitely. That's that's really interesting. And and to move on from the the workplace side, you know, would be interesting to get an insight of of the process maybe of of a company, you know, working with Frankie Health, how you guys input that, go in and explain to the employees, because you know, having worked here at my company, when one thing's rolled out, it seems like, you know, it takes a couple of people to do it first, then everyone in the company tries. And the, the, the I suppose, tackle of, of once a company makes things available, making sure people really do engage with it, because I'm sure your clients, you want to make sure that they're really utilizing Frankie Health's platform. Yeah, we're incredibly fortunate. I mean, we have some fantastic companies on board just to talk um, to like the demographic of our, our audience. I was like Mr. Yum, which are a fantastic uh, scale up. Um, it's north of 100 million. They're predominantly a younger work, workforce between you know 25 and 40 kind of thing. And then we work with established organisations like Pernod Ricard or TopTal um, that you know have 10,000, 18,000 employees and might have an old demographic that sit there. But the engagement rates we're seeing are anywhere between 50 and 70 percent, depending on the types of organisations. It's just phenomenal the way that we're engaging. Um, and the way that we go about doing that is integrating into the tool sets that you most love and building in a couple of minutes a day to really get you engaged. So we have the Slack integration, Microsoft Teams integration. So as a company comes on board, we help you through the process of launching that, that platform out, the traditional enterprise introduction model. But then we do focus on smaller companies. We have options for smaller companies where they can jump on board, install Frankie app into the Slack or Microsoft Teams, and then onboard their staff through there. The Slack app's going to pop open, say hello, introduce itself, and help you through the whole process of stepping in. And then we'll ping your messages just to get in touch with your mental health and really stay engaged with, with your journey that you build in Frankie. And that journey and that pathway is really important to us. So as a user gets into Frankie, they're going to define what they're interested in, you know, a bit about themselves so that we can take the algorithm and, and start personalizing it, their own journey and experience within Frankie. If they're interested, for example, in anxiety, depression, burnout, what are they looking to track for themselves and where do they see themselves, you know, as, as wanting support? And if they don't, we end up picking out essentially what might be the best route for them and then we start working on that in the background. And after they've defined and we get to know a little bit about themselves, it sets it up so that only a couple of minutes a day, we set up like a little schedule for yourself, a little habits tracker that sits in there. And you might be part of a course or some recommended some course materials that sit in there, or you might jump in and just do a free form exercise, or you can explore the catalog of coaches or therapists and, uh, and jump in and really book in sessions and, and, you know, go through that pack experience as well. So it's all about just really trying to go low level, stay engaged, understand your mental health. Um, and we find that the platform in itself you know, tends to roll out with a lot of our users with support of the great admins and so forth and those that like to really push it as well. 
Yeah, I think I think what's really cool from from my research into it, obviously, it being the you know the, the way it's explained as being a holistic mental health platform is is really good. I think the versatility for, for rolling out for a full team is that what seems to be is you know yourself, someone using it, you can use it as much as, as you want really to the extent of like you said, maybe it's just a couple minutes coaching a day, doing your guys' exercises or as well as offering the full, you know, solution. If you do need, need to book with a therapist, I think it's really cool and something different that that not many other companies are offering. You know, it's not just a one-stop platform for going to employees say, you know, this is for people who need this. It's It can be used by everyone. And, uh, you know, I think, I think especially in this day and age, you know, even if it's not a specific mental health issue, everyone can, can, can benefit from those shorter systems that, that you, you, you have as well. So interested in, you know, when building the platform, how was that built out and the ideas around that? Yeah, I mean, we see, and historically we had anywhere between 70 to 80% of people in an organisation at a given time going through a mental health issue. But we've seen the EAPs, the Employee Assistance Programs, which are a traditional mode of support that an organisation would tend to check the box on, being able to have an engagement rate of 3 to 5%. So there's this huge, this is massive breadth and gap between those that are looking for support and those that are wanting support. And the EAPs traditionally, as you mentioned, tend to target those that are, I guess, looking for the more crisis hotlines. Yeah. You know, that's a horrible way to, to brand it in an organization, but that's, that's what they're there for a lot of the time and that's what they're sold in. And Frankie is focused more on how can we target that earlier in so you can understand your process, we can get to know you and then we can make recommendations. As many people will, will quote, you know, mental health is like a gym and it's true. You know, how can we just get you doing small bits here and there so you can understand yourself better and find out what makes you tick but do things that you're interested in that keep you ticking along as well. To answer your question just on how do we take that into consideration building out the product and the platform, for us, mental health is a huge spectrum and everyone is vastly different in what's going to work for them and what they, 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 they're interested in. So we knew that we needed to offer a lot of diversity in the platform. We needed to offer a lot of differentiation. We needed to offer a lot of, um, I guess, personalization to the user so that we can keep them engaged. We can also integrate very much and Frankie focuses very much on the workplace. So our integrations are focused on the workplace. You know, we help wellbeing managers through group tools and group parts of the platform, leverage their own pieces of work in there, you know, by organizing group meditation events, we know events and so forth as well. So it's very much, how can we build it around that individual so that they can stay engaged? And then how can we build, you know, parts of the platform as well that just only leverage the great work that some of the organizations are already doing in their wellbeing path um, for us. So it's very much um, always in development, what we're doing with them. We're, we're continually crafting. We've got a great release coming out quite soon um, that very much executes that, that pathway program. And I'm very excited to see that come through. Um, but that's that was something that was very important in the build of it. Yeah, no, that that's really cool, and I, I I think the the section you mentioned there as well of how Frankie Health is different to a lot of the, those EAP platforms, and and you know I suppose working more on the preventative side as much as anything as well through through, through those things is is amazing. Something that 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 isn't out there that much. There seems to be a lot of solutions out there, um, but no, that's that, that that's really great to hear, and would be interested to know. You know, I'm 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 sure the listeners would as well with generally seeing some of the issues that come from the the workplace. Obviously. You know you can't put your your finger on one but you know the stress coming from different areas maybe it'd be 
you know, people worried on on the workload side of things, expectations from from people at work or their bosses, or even all the way down to salary, where Frankie Health sees, I suppose, most of the problems coming or the broad area of the different areas causing stress for people in the workplace? Yeah, um, again, really open field. And we've got a few statistics that we can we can share in terms of um, there's two themes, essentially. There's your general terms of what's stressing an individual. And then we're going to have thematic terms that will be changing over time. So the general terms that we're seeing, financial uh, relationships and just general stresses at work tend to be the major three that, uh, that impact employees that are sitting there. We're seeing, for example, on Fridays um, tend to be uh, the most stressful days, surprisingly, over the last couple of months they're going through. And, um, uh, and, and, uh, winter time as well um, also tends to be, as you can imagine, um, a time where we're seeing spikes in, in anxiety and depression coming through on the platform. Some other interesting trends that we've seen over the past six months is um, parenthood and stresses around parenthood have been really interesting. And I think that's more a phenomenon of exiting COVID and a lot of COVID babies um, popping through and people trying to balance now, not only working at home, but having newborns uh, coming through over the last month. We see an increase in financial pressure and financial stresses coming through, which you know really talks to the point of what um, what we're going through. I think more in Northern American customers for us, what's happening over that particular place at the moment and how that's flowing through. Um, we have a support contingent over in Ukraine and in Eastern Europe, um, so we saw spikes you know, around March and early um, uh, and late February that were coming through over that period. Um, and then down to the individual organization, I think that's the beauty about Frankie as well. It's, it's really interesting to have a look over the time periods and knowing your key events. Uh, for example, we may have an events company that holds a, a big event in, in November each year. And we saw a spike in their anxiety in the weeks leading up to that large event uh, that was moving through for some of the e-commerce companies. We see spikes over the Christmas period and just before the Christmas period. So it's very interesting to see, you know, those kind of, localized events to the company as well, impacting them as well as the generalized stuff that we see coming through across the whole, whole COVID board. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. And, and something that's really interesting, I'm sure for companies to learn about, if you can go back and, and give that data. And is that something you guys do is, you know, give back the data to companies? Because I know, for example, you know, the, the people who I work with would be interesting at, at different parts of the year when they maybe need to take care of, of their employees a little bit more or different areas of, of, you know, like you said, that events company, you can let them know, you know, your employees have just gone through a really stressful time. You can give that feedback. Is that some part of the offering at Frankie? Absolutely. So that anonymized data that we roll up to the organization is really important. And where we dig a, a level deeper that uh, is coming out quite shortly is more of the integration into that tool set side. So having a look at not only those big events are seeing a spike in anxiety or a spike in, um, you know, uh, mood and so forth as well, but having a look at particularly times on Slack, are we seeing that in the lead up to those events that people are working later on Slack um, or on Microsoft Teams and correlating that with burnout or they're pulling away from communication and they're not messaging as many people or those relationships are changing or are we seeing you know, they're exercising less. As an individual, getting to understand what are those bits and pieces that are impacting you. Do you listen to death metal music on Spotify when you know, you're, you're, you're going through burnout or those burnout levels are raising? 
So those bits and pieces then enable us and the future of Frankie is really taking that data so that we can provide those insights to the individual and actually do the prediction side of things of moving forward because that then gives you an understanding of not only do I see, for example, an events company in November each year that my staff is more anxious, then I can also understand how they're approaching the workplace and what's impacting them. What are the different bits and pieces across our data set that we're seeing impact their burnout? So that from an admin perspective, they can look at how we're crafting the culture of teams. Are we seeing engineering doing X, Y, Z? Is it design doing X, Y, Z? What's a product team doing this? And at the individual level, what is it talking to me? What am I doing so I can catch it a little earlier as well? Yeah, no, no, that that be be so interesting to have, and as you say, interesting to hear that, that that's the future going out for, for for you guys as well. And on the different points of different areas, I'd be keen to know your thoughts of, as an expert in in the market on the kind of rollout of the increased, I suppose, demand for a four day week work. Um, uh, it's something we've rolled out here at my company, um, and I, I think it's great. I think our numbers have 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 risen. Some people find it more stressful working a four day week, trying to cram more in. So I don't know if you've had any data on that or your personal, I suppose, in views on it with it being in the news so much would will be really interested to know. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're currently a five day working week where we are, but we're flexi working. So we do have a yeah. staff that work four week, four days one working week. Um, and we're on the fence. So at the moment, we're still assessing how it's impacting our workforce. Uh, our craft of company culture is we're a hybrid workforce. So some are located, we try to have a few key cities where our staff are located and uh, if they're able to make it in a couple of days a week, we find it's great from collaboration and social building, but we do have completely remote employees that work on the back of that as well. To answer your question on the four-day working week, I'm optimistic about it. I think it's it's going to be very interesting to, to see how it plays a part in, uh, in, in rolling things out down the path. Do I think it's going to be the answer for everyone? I don't know at the moment. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, may enjoy spending that extra day working. And yeah. I do know, for example, in the engineering field, that you still have a lot that might be working a full-time job and they'll be moonlighting on the side because they do really enjoy you know, that bits and pieces coming through. And it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting for them uh, to work that. So I think the future is more about balance to the individual level, as opposed to, to essentially, um, I guess, having a rollout policy for the whole organization that might not speak to everyone. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's really interesting. I think if a company went from five days to four days, for example, having Frankie used to see how that impacts everyone's, I suppose things will be, be be super interesting for sure. And I suppose the topic of the, some of the things you spoke about there leads on nicely to learning a bit more what it's like working for 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 Frankie Health at the moment, the team you're trying to build, um, the company you want it to be, you know, with being a, a mental health focused company um, and, you know, basically the, the, the plans for growth for you guys. We're an incredibly passionate bunch that work at Frankie. Everyone has their own individual story of what mental health um, means to them. And yeah, I'm fortunate to share mine on this one. We're a pretty open team and some are open about their own individual stories and very receptive to it. Um, and then some, you know, join Frankie because they've got personal reasons that sit there, but it really ticks a box. I think what Frankie speaks to a lot is the general movement. I mentioned before my own kind of experience over the past uh, five to 10 years, but moving into a place of purpose, you know, we can spend a lot of time and we do spend a lot of time at work, working on uh, things that might be interesting from an education perspective, or we might be learning you know, personal growth and skill base and so forth. But there comes a time, and I think we're seeing it with um, all ages really, 
of the question of whether or not what I'm contributing my time to on a weekly basis is of interest to what I wanted to deliver to the world. And it's a fortunate place to be in, you know, where we're able to now choose the companies or choose the missions that we may want to designate our time to. Um, and we're very much, you know, as we speak to that here at Frankie, um, and fortunate to work with the best team I've ever worked with. Uh, phenomenal. You know, everyone is 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 really on board and, and really passionate about what we're building, which that passion brings in, I wouldn't say just complacency, but just, you know, it's a lot of challenges in terms of um, the opinions of how we want to go about building this. But it's from a very constructive manner and it's, it's, it's great because, uh, you know, it ends up in a very high-performing high performing team. The way that we balance, as I kind of touched on before, is everyone is different in the way that we treat mental health and everyone is different in the way that we approach the workplace. You need to have certain... I guess, uh, guidelines in place so that we can work well as a team together, but we're very much adaptive to the individual. So as I mentioned, we like to try to keep, we've got an office in Dublin, in, um, in Berlin, and we've got one in Melbourne as well. And we tend to have our workforce centralized around those areas at the current, but then we also have uh, remote team members. Uh, we keep things flexible. So if you're in those office, in those office locations, then uh, we try to pop in two, three days a week and just coordinate there. But otherwise, very flexible in terms of how you want to work and how you want to go about things. The future of where I see uh, Frankie is continuing to build and with incredibly passionate people, dedicated people, um, those that are very knowledgeable in terms of their area, uh, but generally the same perspective. So we're looking to just hire those that are very passionate about not only what they do, but the, the field in general. Yeah, no, no, that's that's really great to hear. And I think speaking with a lot of people in the space, it's something that you have to get the balance of, right? And I think we're working with, you know, companies who, you know, you're, you're I suppose, selling, may it be, to, to companies for, you know, their company's mental health. You have to take, I suppose, feelings into consideration. I think, you know, as a CEO of a company, want to be very responsible for who you hire, not just who's got good experience and how much of a cultural fit as well it is for you guys at, at, at Frankie Health. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a really interesting time. And I suppose leads on to my last point nicely. And I wanted to ask where, you know, you plan to see Frankie Health in the next few years and, and maybe in five years time. We're in a great position at the moment in Europe. We're operating in 80 countries and 40 states in the US. And we've only been up now for just north of 18 months. Um, so we've scaled at a credible pace. We've got two fantastic products in market. I remember mentioned the one about you know, our employer offering, but we do have a fantastic uh, product that is like an API suite for practitioners that we, we help other wellbeing providers connect into practitioners around the globe. We're in a great place to be the leading mental health company and really just helping people um, regardless of their cultural background, location across the place. Um, we are looking to really deliver the future of mental health in the organization. And what I mean by that is that predictive side that builds into the workplace for the individual to understand how they approach their work so that they can end up with the result of a better work-life balance. So that they can leave the workspace every day, whether or not they're sitting at home and they're working full-time remote and they're struggling to close their computer at 6 p.m. Frankie is the ability to be able to support them in their understanding of how they're approaching you know, their work on a daily basis from the context of their mental health. And you know, we're, we're in a fantastic position to be primed to help as many possible uh, across, across the world. So um, 
I would just want to see it continue growing at the pace that it's continued growing, keep bringing people into, into the business and uh, from an investment perspective or a hiring perspective or even a customer perspective that are really passionate about their team's mental health, their mental health in general uh, and continue on the trajectory that we currently are on. Yeah, no, no, perfect. Thank you so much for that. And I think from speaking with you, you know, the fact how quickly things have moved, probably one of, one of the quickest I've seen um, uh, to have success, have something up and running that's already employers using. Usually it takes years to build something through and it goes through for most people I speak with when, you know, the founder, the people in the work are passionate about what they do. It delivers results more, more than people who are just purely focused on business. So I think it's amazing to hear about your platform. Um, look forward to keep supporting it um, and would certainly urge anyone listen to, to to reach out to Seb if you're interested in working at Frankie Health or want to have you know their platform in your office um, but no I really appreciate you coming on Seb um, and look forward to, to yeah keep on seeing your success amazing James thank you so much for the time so that was my digital health digest with Seb Poole co-founder at Frankie Health I'd like to thank Seb again for his time and insight he provided on his company and its success. I hope anyone who is interested in any of the points we discussed during the podcast could gain some valuable perspectives from his role and experience in the industry. Check out the rest of the series for plenty more insight from industry leaders in the digital health space. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, James Moore. Bye for now.